Welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. The crossroads where culture, lifestyle, and community meet. All hosted by the legendary New York radio TV personality and proud Harlem American, G. Keith Alexander. Well, hey, welcome to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. Wherever you are, I appreciate you for joining our neighborhood as we hang out together in Harlem America. Well, today in the What's Hot Spotlight is Vanessa Bell Calloway. She's earned eight NAACP Image Award nominations. She won the NAACP Theater Award for Best Actress for her role in Zora Neale Hurston in her one-woman critically acclaimed play, Letters from Zora. And currently, she's one of the stars in the hit Broadway play, Pearly Victorious, starring Leslie Odom Jr. at the Music Box Theater. So welcome, hello, and so glad to have you, Vanessa. Thank you. So glad to be here. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a little uh, frog in my throat. Ribbit. Oh, that's okay. Tell them to jump yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it is, uh, we have seen you in so many, <clears throat> excuse me, so many performances, uh, theater, uh, film, stage, and I, I, I decided to go to IMDb, and I was looking, and you've got over 160 credits. How do you find time to do you, to, to, to live with all of that work? I'm, I'm lurking. I should have more. <laughs> I got <laughs> to keep working. Well, I love what I do, so, and I've been blessed to have a a pretty decent career. So I, you know, I just love what I do. So when I'm offered work that's good, I say yes, I have no reason to say no. And it's always a blessing and an honor when people choose you to be a part of their project because they don't have to. There's a lot of people trying to do what, you know, we do in this industry. So it's it's always an honor and a pleasure. Well, that's great. So let us take the Wayback Machine and tell us what it was like being little Vanessa Bell. Calloway. Well, little Vanessa Bell grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, in the inner city, Cedar Avenue, for any of you people listening that know anything about Cleveland. I grew up on Cedar Avenue, and um, I went to Catholic school, and I was raised with my brother and my sister, who was a single mother. And I, uh, I, the best thing that happened to me is when I started going to Caramel House at about age 11, 12 years old. Caramel is like the first regional theater uh, in the country, Black regional theater in the country, and it's was it was a saving grace for me. It, it's where I really started dancing and doing plays and just learning about the business. And it's just saved me because I had really nothing to do, you know, in Cleveland. It was not a lot to do back there in the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> and the girls on my block were very nice. So that was my escape. Yeah, so Vanessa Bell just, you know, she she lived in Cleveland, went to high school and graduated from high school, Cleveland Central Catholic. And then I went to Ohio University from there where I earned my bachelor's uh, in a fine arts concentration dance. Um, a concert dancer for a lot of people who don't know that about me. And I played Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated while I was there. Had a great college experience. And while I was in college, uh, I would come to New York and train at Alvin Ailey summertime, Christmas, you know, on my breaks. I started training uh, right after my freshman year of college at Alvin Ailey. And did so until I graduated and also danced with a lot of other dance companies, you know, smaller right. dance companies after that. But yeah. So, all right. So you came to New York to dance. I came to New York for the business to dance and to eventually act. That was always part of my plan. But I started out as a concert dancer. I did Broadway, off Broadway, um, anything I could do, you know, basically. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of commercials. But that's where I got my start in soap operas, all my children. Right. But before that, I did One Life to Live. I did uh, As the World Turns. And I did, uh, what was that other one called? Uh, yeah. No, uh, no, no, it was One Life to Live and As the World Turns. That's what I did before All My Children. But that's the one I'm, I'm mostly known for is All My Children. Incredible. Uh you did all my children. That was uh, when you spent six years, eight years uh, on, on on there. No, 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 no. I did all my children two different times. The first time, I was on. I would say about a 
year, maybe. And then um, I left and that's when I went out to California. Mm -hmm. And then they brought my character back and I was back for about six months. But that was a good thing because the storyline was horrific. And I had met my husband and I wasn't trying to stay here in New York and do a bad storyline. So I was pretty. So they thought that they were like, they were apologizing. Like, oh my God, we're so sorry. It didn't work out. I was like, no, this is fine. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> uh, okay. So, uh, all right. So then you came, you, you danced, you did um, soap operas. And uh, then how did you migrate into, uh, uh, well, you did Dream Girls. How did that come about? <laughs> well, Dreamgirls was not my first Broadway show. That was my second. Mm -hmm. But um, I was doing an off-Broadway show called uh, El Bravo down at the Intermediate Theater. And it was the very last performance. And Vinny Lip, who cast Dreamgirls, saw me in that performance. And he came and he said, hey, tomorrow we have a final call back to Dreamgirls. Would you like to come? He said, I can't offer you any, you know, with main roles because they had already, they had been workshopping that. He said, but would you like to come and audition for the you know the ensemble? I said, sure, because my job was ending that night. So I figured, hey, I was keep it moving. And so I went to the audition the next day, and that's how I got Dream Girls. Okay, and then from Dream Girls, what was next? Uh, after Dream Girls, I left. I stayed there for about two years, and then I felt like it was time for me to move on. And that's when I started doing, um, well, I did, um, one of the first things I did, was a play called Strivers Row at mm -hmm. um, the uh, Frank Severa, you know, Frank Severa right. workshop up in Harlem. Yeah. And that was like my first starring role as an ingenue. So that was fun. And from there, I, I, then I did all my children and uh, I was doing soap operas. I was doing commercials and soap operas. And then shortly after that is what I, I left to go to uh, 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 LA. And you, all right. So now you, you've made LA your home, I take it. Yes, yes, I have made LA my home. Mm -hmm. All right. Now I remember a couple of years ago, I went to uh, the Red Rooster and downstairs in Jenny's. You and your family, you guys were partying. There was some party down there, and you guys—I mean, I got a chance to see you on the dance floor, and you guys were just having a great time. Uh, you were in town for what then? Do, do, do well, that you was remember? Thanksgiving. That was my. My youngest daughter and her boyfriend, now her fiance, because you're getting married next month, but um, they had just graduated from Spelman and Morehouse. And that was their first, they, they both moved here to New York after their graduation. They didn't live together, but um, so we had gotten her in her apartment and that was her first Thanksgiving in New York. So the whole family, mm -hmm. we all came to uh, New York to spend Thanksgiving with her. Mm -hmm. And his family came to New York because that was his mother's. When you saw us party, that was his mother's birthday. Oh, okay. He's a Thanksgiving right. baby. So I think her birthday was the day after Thanksgiving or whatever it was. And we were partying because it was we were celebrating her birthday. And it's funny, the same thing is happening this year. His birthday falls on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And then that Saturday, Thanksgiving Saturday, they're getting married. And then the day after the wedding, is uh, on the 26th is his mother's birthday again. <laughs> so <laughs> we can party again. <laughs> we some partying fools in my family. Well, well that's great. We're well, talking about partying. Uh, I uh, took a look at your uh, in the company of friends, and you, you guys were having a dinner party. Tell us about how did that show come about? Oh, that shows I've, I've had that. I had that idea about 15 years ago now, <laughs> seriously. And that, that particular, what you saw, is about 15 years old. And then I did a reverse, a, a different version of it. But mm -hmm. I always, I, I'm a cook. I love entertaining. I love cooking. And I love uh, setting a beautiful table. That's like my, the thing that I love most, is setting a beautiful table. And I'm a home chef. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do a show around that. And this is before everybody else started doing all those red table talks and all this stuff. Because this is like way, like. To 2006. That's when oh, I did when okay. I did that. 2006. Um, so shoot, it's going to be 20 years or three years longer than uh, <laughs> 15 years ago. But yes, in 2006, I did in the company of friends because I just wanted to not only showcase my culinary skills and my decorating skills, but I wanted to bring. I, I love dinner parties. That's uh, one of my favorite things to do because to me, it's more fun than taking people to a restaurant because a restaurant 
They want to move you out real quick because they got to turn that table over. Whereas in your home, it's warm, it's more inviting. You get to sit up and really um, talk to people and have a great meal and great wines and you can stay as long as you like. So I wanted to do something on that level where also where we could just talk and uh, just talk about regular stuff that people talk about. You know, in the interviews, when you, with the exception of this, because you know, you have a lot of time, you give your guests time, but most times you go on uh, TV or interview, you get like that three, four seconds. Like <laughs> you have five, less than five minutes to get everything in you want, all your projects, all your life store, whatever it is. It's like, it's so quick. You don't have enough time to really get to know the person. So I always said, I wanted to do something where we would get to know the people and the people that were the invited guests could really talk and just relax and share. And like we were drinking real wine um, and eating real food. And it was, <laughs> I love that show. And I would love to bring that show back. I keep saying I'm going to do another version of it. Um, I've just been so busy, but I love that show. So yeah, I, I, I developed that show in 2006. And it was, it was popular on the internet when it hit because there wasn't a lot of shows like that yet. Now you mm-hmm. have a lot of things. But I was one of the first to do something like that. And yeah. then I revamped. I revamped it um, with, when I was work, working with Susan G. Colvin, breast cancer, called mm-hmm. All Things Healthy. Uh, that was about seven years ago, maybe now. We revamped it and we talked more about, we brought in more health conscious things for the Black people in our areas, you know, our different areas, because, you know, we are the, the last ones to go to the doctor to get the screenings and to get the health care that we need, primarily because we don't have access, but also because we don't have the knowledge. So I kind of revamped the show to, make it in the company of friends, all things healthy to uh, evolve around my survival as a breast cancer survivor for 14 years now. Uh, oh, when I did the first yeah. in the company of friends in 2006, I didn't have breast cancer. Mm-hmm. So when I did it seven years ago, you know, I'm a 14 year breast cancer survivor this month. Oh, beautiful. Congratulations. Thank all you. right. <laughs> Incredible. So uh, now let's talk about the elephant in the room. And that is Pearly Victorious. Now you are. I didn't know it was an elephant in the room. No. Well, well, well. When I when I say elephant in the room, I'm talking about the the big thing that's happening right now. Yeah, okay. The, the, okay. So so let's talk about Pearly Victorious. I I saw Pearly Victorious when Melba Moore and Sherman Hemsley. No, you saw Pearly. And, and you didn't see Pearly. I Victorious. saw Pearly. Okay, I'm you sorry. Saw Pearly. Pearly. We had this conversation. Right. You never saw Pearly Victorious. And what people need to understand is Pearly Victorious was first. Right. Ozzy Davis were Pearly Victorious in 1961. Okay. Pearly the musical is an adaptation of the play that came in the 70s. Ah. So that's where people get mixed up. Ah, Pearly Victorious okay. is the first original piece by Ozzy Davis. Okay, now the other was a musical, and this is right. a what? Comedy. Comedy. Okay. A comedy. It's a, it's a satire, but it's a comedy. It's hysterical. <laughs> All right. Well, see, now, I had tickets for, for last week. Then I had a conflict, but I'm going this week coming. I will be there so I can laugh with you guys. Uh, uh, and I'm sure it, it, it's fantastic. Uh, starring uh, Leslie Odom, Jr. Uh-huh, and Carol Young. Yeah. Billy Eugene Jones. Heather Alicia Sims. Um uh, J.L. Sanders and uh, Noah Robbins and myself and uh, Billy is another Bill and another Noah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's only nine people in the cast, which is really nice. Okay. Not- and, and, and and a synopsis. So people who've never seen Pearly Victorious or never heard about Pearly Victorious, uh, tell him the synopsis about uh, Pearly uh, trying to get his church back or something like that. Yeah, well, Pearly is, and uh, his his brother is Gitlo, played by Billy Dean Jones, um, and they they concoct this scheme to get the five hundred dollars that should be left to their family member, the last surviving family member um, that's due to them from the death of one of the the plantation owners, so to speak, and they concoct this plan to get this money that goes awry. It just does not work out the way they thought. And um, the ending is good. It has a good ending. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's a satire. So you have to understand that a lot of the comedy is what people think and what actually did happen occurred. You know, when people were sharecroppers, 
Um, it's kind of like Ozzy said it for everybody. You, you might be thinking it, but he just wrote it and said it. Somehow you could laugh at laugh at it, laugh at yourself, and laugh at the situation. But it it, it is a, a lot of fun. We've been getting rave reviews. People love it. We've had people come back. I mean, we we started previews the seventh of September. We had a, a, a invited dress rehearsal the sixth, but we opened on the twenty seventh. And when I tell you, people have stopped me and said they've seen it three times already. So it's <laughs> seriously, it's one of those pieces that people keep coming back to because the pace is very fast. Is it moves? You know, we don't slow. It moves. And is so many little nuggets and so many funny little lines. I mean, he's so clever the way he tells the story that you almost have to come back just to hear what you missed. Really? Because I know even even as an actress in the piece, every day I hear something different or I hear it in a different way. You know, so I understand when people say, oh, I got to come back because I just got it. It just was great. I want to see it again. Well, that, well, that's a beautiful thing. Not so you know you have a hit, you know, when when that happens. Uh, so you are also in the Black Hamptons now. The the tell you know about, I ain't supposed to be talking about nothing. Oh right, that right. that's right because because we're sag right because we're we're sag after okay all right. Now, I wish okay. I could talk about the Black Hamptons because that is my piece. Right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and and. and Shapeless plug, and you can see Saints and Sinners on Hulu if you miss the six seasons of that. But uh, right, <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to talk about Saints and Sinners. We ain't going to talk about it. I ain't going to talk about the fact that the Hamptons is on BET Plus. Right. I'm not going to talk about that. Right, we we, we can't mention that. <laughs> I can't but, mention that it's coming out in November. I can't mention that. That's coming out in November. I can't mention that. <laughs> but it seems like you know the the strike is going to be over real soon. It seems like they're I talking. Hope so. It seems like like they're talking and. Uh, I haven't had a chance to go out on the picket line yet, but uh, I'm 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 hoping. I didn't either because you know, thank God, I just I was never in LA long, and you know, I literally um, it's been been a very blessed year. But I literally finished a project for Netflix at the end of June, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. took you know July off, but I was traveling a lot, you know, vacation with my husband, and then I did some other stops, you know, and then I got to New York. August 2nd and started rehearsals August 3rd. So I would have been out on the picket line, but I just literally was not anywhere long enough to go picket. And then when I got to New York, I, I was at work, you know, so I was unable to, but I stand with my brothers and sisters. And that's you know, right. Me, me too. And I know, and I know that we need some serious changes. So I'm praying that everything, you know, these talks that they're starting today, tomorrow, whenever, I just pray that we get a resolution because people are suffering. It's, it's got to come to an end. I mean, people are really, really suffering. And I'm so, I feel so eternally blessed that um, I am doing a Broadway show in the middle of a huge strike. I mean, couldn't get any better than that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people are losing their apartments. Uh, some of yeah, them are it's, it's losing serious. their homes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. serious. It's very serious. And, and, and people think that uh, in this industry that... Uh, all the actors they see on television are multi-millionaires. Yeah, they think but... that people are rich and, and people are not, you know, and, and you're only as good as your next job. That's you know? right. That's and, right. and yeah, you may make some good money this year, but if you don't, you know, if, it, if, if that's all you're living off of, then, you know, if the next year is not a stellar, then who knows, you know, so it's, it's, it's sad. I mean, they, they've got to come to some type of agreement because people are suffering Yeah, and it's, it's real, you know, yeah. This is kind of like COVID again for our industry. And we, we, that's unfortunate. Back to back for people to have yeah. gone through that and, and then right, going right through this. Were getting a little bit better, right? When people were like getting a little steam up and getting back to work yeah. now, this, you know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just prayerful that it, this, this, these talks, these next few days will, will resolve everything. And then I can talk about the Black Hamptons and everything else. Right. <laughs> but I can't talk about a movie that I directed because I can talk as a director. Oh, you talk as a director? Okay, so I can talk so, as a director because the directors guild, and I'm not in the directors guild. I'm, a, I'm not, I'm not a, 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 I'm a director, but I'm not in the guild. And I can talk about a movie I directed that's on um, from BET. Her called Black Girl. It, it erupted, and it's, it deals with mental health, which is a really, really good and important topic for our community because a lot of people don't feel like you know they need to seek psychiatry or that they're. Now, and I, that day, I love Jesus like everybody else. Trust me, I really have a great relationship with the Lord. <laughs> but you can't always pray to God to solve your anger issues. Sometimes you have to dig deep and 
seek counseling. So it's called Black Girl Erupted, and it's on BET. Uh, you can stream it. You know, you could go back. And it came out this July. It mm-hmm. aired this July. So that's something I could talk about, which is really good. Yeah, well, really that's good. fantastic. Yeah, and you, you're doing more directing also, right? I mean, you, you've become... Yeah. I direct, you know, I direct, I don't, I, I've been directing on and off the last 10, 11 years, so mm-hmm. about 10, 12 years, maybe now. Um, I don't do, you know, like a whole lot, like every year. I don't just direct, because I still love to act. So people say, are you going to just direct you and give up your career? I say, no, I'm not ready to give up my career. I'm not ready to stop acting, but I do love to direct. So I try to get something in at least once a year or once every other year, you know, whenever. Uh, I really like doing TV movies. I've done episodic, I've done shorts. I've even directed people's web series, you know. Really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I tell young people who are trying to break into directing, that's an excellent tool to learn how to direct. If you know somebody with a web series, direct a web series. It's just a shorter version of a TV show. You still got to tell a story. You still got to try to find the shots. You still got to edit, you know. So it's, uh, it's a shorter version, but it's still very good practice. When I was first directing, that's what I did. I directed some web series for free. This girl needed some help. And I said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for free. So but I so you, I'm sorry. So you actually learned to become a director by just getting in and, and doing well, that's it. One of, that's one of the tools I use. That's not the way I learned. But I, that's one of the tools I used was to direct mm-hmm. somebody's web series just to give me practice, you know. Gotcha. Because it's, like I said, it's like, it's just a, it was 15, it's a 15 minute show. It was just a shorter version of a, of a episodic. It's the same thing. You still have mm-hmm. scenes, you still have characters, you still gotta get the actors to act. And we didn't have any, like really, you know, we had some equipment. I had people up on ladders and moving <laughs> on skateboards. I mean, it's a lot of, you get real, you know, you get real um, creative, yeah. you know, but you're still telling a story. It's just a 15 minute story. And shorts are great too. You know, I learned how to, you know, I learned doing shorts. Mm-hmm. It's still mm-hmm. a, you're just telling a, a, a story quicker. You just have less time to tell the story, but it's still telling a story and you still got to make it look good. All right. So out of all the characters and all the, you know, all, all the roles that you've played, what has been the most challenging character for you? In your the most career? challenging role I had was doing um, my one woman play Letters from Zora. Um, because that was a just me on stage, and it had uh, a lot of peaks and valleys in this piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once I started talking, it was an hour twenty six minutes nonstop. Wow, and nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. You couldn't go cut. Let me do the take that again. And it was different section. You know, it, it was it's a mm-hmm. beautifully written, beautifully written piece. Uh, by Gabrielle Pina, beautifully mm-hmm. written. And I really enjoyed that piece. It was just like poetry coming out of my mouth. But that was challenging only because you I really, really had to work very hard, you know, very hard. Because when I first got the script, it's like it's like a 30-something page monologue. Really? Wow. 30 pages you had to you had to memorize. Because it's just me. Wow. He's well, like see, just me. See, well, that's why the NAACP gave you the Best Actress Award because of what you put into that play. Yeah, I mean, but it was a good piece, though. I ain't lie, I deserved it. But I was, I was glad. I, I would have been a little looked a little, little cockeyed if I hadn't <laughs> won it that year. I mean, because I, I mean, I, I mean, oh, I'm just being honest. It was, it was a great piece. It was great, beautifully written. And I did a great job on it. It's, it was a good piece. And it was a lot of work. So that is, out of any film things I've done, or television things I've done, you know, because film and television is different than theater. Mm-hmm. That's what, and everybody that does film on TV can't do theater. Because you don't get to go cut. You know, you, I can't, I can edit somebody's performance. I, as a director, I've been in edit rooms and I've had to edit a performance because this tape wasn't good or that didn't work. Then I get to tell the editor, okay, let me see that other scene. All right, take that one and put that one and cut right here. Now cut that in here. You can't do mm-hmm. that when you're on stage. Mm-hmm. If it is what it is, you do mm-hmm. what you do. You mess up, you mess up. You got to find a way to rebound and keep going. It is what it is. So, yeah, that has to be the hardest thing that I've ever done. 
Well, you know, since we... And I won't say hard. I'm going to take the hard. Challenging. Because it wasn't challenging. hard. It was, of course, it, was, it took effort and time. But it wasn't hard. It, because I loved it so much. Mm. Uh, how long did you uh, do it for? I did it on and off for like almost 10 years. And right before the pandemic, right, we were trying to bring it back to the New York area. I was at Crossroads years ago, but I was mm-hmm. trying to bring it into the city. We had been looking for theaters and backers. And and I had also, excuse me, I used some of my money to produce it, but I was trying to, you know, and then the pandemic hit. So. Well, you know, uh, we happen to be joined by uh, quite a few of your fans uh, on Facebook. And since you're not on Facebook, but you do have your, uh, fan, your pages. Uh, fan pages, what would you like to say to some of the folks on Facebook right now? Tell them hi. Thank you for some, the support and all the well wishes. And, you know, sometimes I get uh, people hit me up on Instagram and uh, they're just very nice and supportive. And I appreciate that. So, so just tell them that. Thank you. Appreciate that. You, since we can't talk about, some of the things that you're doing uh, let me ask you some questions here can okay. you can you have you ever had a mishap on set or doing a performance and and how did you handle it uh you know it's kind of hard to answer i mean things happen all the time on set you go somewhere and the the, the prop isn't where it's supposed to be or you know you flub a line you get to go cut or you get to go <laughs> you know you get to go up uh, you get to stop it, you know. Um, mainly that's it, you know, just when you're in a, in a scene with a character, somebody drops a line or or somebody skips over your line or the scene just isn't feeling right, it isn't feeling good, and, and you know it sucks, you know. You always have to be <laughs> honest with yourself when you know you suck. It's like, yeah, that sucked. I need to do that. I need one more. I need to do that one again. So I don't uh-huh. know the mishaps those are just kind of things that happen commonly you know but i have been on stage where i I go to do something it's like oh snap that is not where it's supposed to be how am i going to get that prop at the time i need it because what am i going to do when i get to that point because it's not there and your mouth is still doing the lines (laughs) and the other side of your brain is trying to figure out okay how am i going to fix this problem and I, that's happened to me a few times on on stage and you know just like the other night i was uh, on stage and something i need to pick up to take off stage when a scene change mm-hmm. is on the floor so i'm in the scene but i'm looking i'm checking i'm clocking all the stuff that i'm responsible for picking up I'm like uh-huh. okay that's on the floor so when i run over there real quick i'm gonna stop and pick that up real quick first you know so i'm a very lot now what i'm gonna do while the scene is going on <laughs> so you know you you have to have like many different eyes in the side of your head the back of your head all over mm-hmm. all right so what is your guilty pleasure what your ultimate guilty pleasure be it tv show food or a pastime well i have a few guilty pleasures so i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but the one that tickles me the most like i think some people care is downtown L.A., when you go downtown, which I love to go downtown because that's where you mm-hmm. get, like, the bargains, the good fabrics, the beautiful gowns, you know, because everybody goes down there for wholesale stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and some mm-hmm. people do retail, so you can go downtown. They have these carts on the street. Um, the Spanish people, they they take these hot dogs and they wrap them in bacon and they grill them on the street. They warm <laughs> the bun up and they have, like, the jalapenos and the, the, the sautéed onions and the mud. Oh, my God. So, I you know, I don't really eat a lot of meat. People know me as somebody that doesn't eat, at least I didn't used to. And I would go downtown and I'd be looking over my shoulder like, like ain't nobody even clocking and looking at you for this. Don't nobody care. <laughs> but I'd be like this, like looking like, trying to make sure nobody see me. And I would get one of the, every time I go downtown, and I may not have had a piece of meat in like a year or months, but it's like, I <laughs> thought. <laughs> So I get it and I get piled with the onions and a lot of mustard mm, and then the jalapenos good. on the side. I mean, it's like your hands and everything. You just got mustard stuff all over your face because <laughs> the moment you bite it, everything just spurts. And I get mm. those hot dogs and I sit there and I kill it. So that is <laughs> like my 
<laughs> biggest, my biggest uh, uh, dirty secret. And then um, I like those judge shows. Oh, really? <laughs> I know. One time I told Judge Mathis, I said, I said you might get to go. He said, why you got to be guilty? Because Greg's a friend of mine. But, you know, it's like I watch Judge Mathis. You know, my girlfriend, Star Jones, is on the board score. I like those oh, judge yeah. shows. Sometimes I watch those. Um, and, and, you know, yeah. So and I love TV. I love watching a, a lot of uh, different TV shows because I direct, too. So I'm always looking at different angles that directors choose and uh, this character study. Do you have any unusual talents or party tricks that most people don't know about? No, just that, I, you know, my talents is is doing a party. I could have been a party planner, but um, I, I believe that what you put your energy into, that's what you become. I didn't want to do that as a profession. <laughs> but uh, my talent is actually cooking and planning a dinner party or a party, uh, setting up for it. I could do my flower arrangements. I do all my decor. I mean, I could do it all, you know, and I do because it saves me a lot of money. Um, but yeah, that's that's a talent that I have. It's just cooking and entertaining. So right now, this week, if you could uh, host a dinner party with three people, living or dead, who would uh, they be, and why? Oh, I don't know. That's a, I'd have to think about that. Um, I think if I could have anybody come to dinner real quick. Three people. That's that's an odd number, though. So, see, I'm gonna tell you why that doesn't work. Because when you okay. do dinner parties, you got to do like even numbers. Because mm -hmm. you also got to look at what your table seats. If that was just first of all, I gotta have my husband with me. So now mm -hmm. you're only giving me two people. So you really okay. need to say four. So at least we make six. So you always want to even so everybody has somebody to talk to across it, and you can break the people up if you want to. You know what I mean? Um, my table seats 10 at home. So I, I'm going to do <laughs> when I do my dinner parties, if I don't want to extend it beyond like set up extra tables, I start with me and my husband. I say, okay, who's the other uh, four couples that I can invite? Cause me and my husband is one couple. So I can invite I have five couples. So mm -hmm. I can invite four couples, but anyway, so I'm going to put my husband in there because that's my road dog. And he also helps me, you know, entertain because you always want somebody to help because I got to get up, go to the kitchen. I got to do things. So you don't want them sitting there without a host. So I'm going to help you with this question next time. Okay. Right. Next right. Time right. Right. Question somebody. I'm giving you other factors that go. Thank you. Dinner party. <laughs> so now because I got to get up and down and I got to, you know, be the hostess. So my husband's at the table with these people. So I'm going to give you four people, but one couple, I'm going to have the Obamas because I've mm -hmm. never met them. And I would, I think that we would just jail so well because my husband's real cool. He's cool. And I think that when we, if they got to my house away from the whole, um, all the people, you know, uh, what I'm saying, the, the secret service and all that, they would just relax and we would just be like regular people. You know what I mean? Regular <laughs> black people. We would, be, we would all get together good. So I'm going to do that. And who's going to be the other two people that I'm going to have? Uh, see, then also when you do dinner parties, you got to mix it up. So now mm -hmm. I got somebody political. So I don't want to do anybody like that again. I need to bring somebody interesting in mm -hmm. um, that's going to be fun and stuff and, and maybe younger. So maybe I would have Beyonce and Jay-Z. Yeah, that's oh. what I would have. I'd have Beyonce and Jay-Z. All right. All right. That would be a fabulous dinner party. That's why that's my dinner party. <laughs> get down okay now now you mentioned the obama but then, then, see, but then i gotta invite tina because tina's my girlfriend so if yeah. i invite the sorry i just i just increased my dinner party but see that's <laughs> what happens at dinner parties because then you start you start increasing it you start off well i'm gonna just do a small dinner party next thing you know you got at least five six extra guests that you you didn't think you were gonna have <laughs> well the, the, it's for the fun of it all. I'm sure your dinner parties are great. From what I've saw, from what I saw on, uh, um, was it in the company of friends? Uh, mm. You had some wonderful people around the table, and uh, it was a lot of fun. But now let me ask you this: because you mentioned the Obamas, you were also in Southside with, with you. you. Now, uh -huh. now, now, I don't know if we can talk about that. Uh, it was done some time ago. I don't know if we can well, talk about it. That's a long time it. ago. That's not okay. coming up. I think that's oh, okay. okay. But you that played, was a long time ago. But you played Michelle Obama's mother. 
Yes, yes. What was that like being in a storyline about the Obamas? Oh, you know, that was great. Miss um, Robinson, it was great to play Miss Robinson. And I did some research on her. And the director, he said he chose me because he felt I had some, you know, kind of like the energy she had, um, you know, as a black mother. So that was great. And Tika Sumter is just delightful. She's beautiful, was wonderful to work with. And I just, when I was asked to be a part of that project, and it was low budget, but mm -hmm. I really wanted to be a part of it. You know, a lot of times I do things because I want to be there. Because if you only take jobs because of the, the money, I always said I'd never have a resume. I only <laughs> took jobs for money. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you take a job for the money. But then sometimes you take the job because it's an honor to work with the people or you want to get to know the people or the project's so great or the character's so great or you just want to do it. What is one? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who are just joining us, we're sitting here with uh, the uh, award-winning Vanessa Bell Calloway, and she's presently on Broadway at Pearly Victorious. Uh, and uh, as she spoke about it earlier uh, in the show, it's hilarious, and you really need to get down and see it. So, uh, Vanessa, what is one adventure that you'd like to have what's on your bucket list what would you love to 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 do or check out um you mean like traveling or just in general uh, whatever's on your bucket list oh you know one thing on my bucket list is to do dancing with the stars i want to do that show oh really i really do yeah mm -hmm. and uh we travel a lot my husband and i like to travel and i've never been to like um we want to go to vietnam I like Asian countries. Mm -hmm. So I want to go to Vietnam. Um, and I also want to do Thailand. I mean, we've done Thailand. I mean, I want to do like um, Singapore and um, Bali, you know, stuff like those kind of places. And I think I want to go to Australia. I'm not so sure, but I think I do. Well, now you've mentioned <laughs> your husband several times. He's a doctor. Tell us a little bit about your husband. Oh, Tony, yeah, he's an anesthesiologist. Um, he's head of the anesthesia department at his surgery center that he works for in L.A. He's, he's semi-retired right now. He travels a lot. And we've been together we, 35 years. This past September 3rd, we've been married 35 years. Wow. But we've been together, I guess, almost 37 years, 36 and a half years. We, we mm -hmm. uh, went on one date. We've never been apart. And we met, and a year and eight months later, we were married. So really? we weren't playing around. Yeah, we <laughs> And you've got two uh, beautiful daughters. Two beautiful daughters, yes. Ashley, who was, uh, I won't tell her age, but she's here. As a matter of fact, she's here in, mm -hmm. in New York right now. Mm -hmm. uh, she works for Issa Ray's company. She's a literary manager oh, great. at Issa Ray's company. And my youngest daughter, uh, who works at Lionsgate in Los Angeles, and she's getting married this year. Oh, fantastic. So, Beautiful, beautiful. And then I have uh, two other daughters that I didn't birth. <laughs> I see, I see. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're wondering why we're not discussing all of uh, uh, Vanessa's uh, myriad of performances, is because of the SAG after strike. Some things we just can't talk about, like Black Hamptons. Yeah, and I can't talk. I can't talk about the fact that it's coming on in November. So I'm not saying that. Right. BT so, Plus. I didn't say that. I'm just saying what I can't say. <laughs> that's right, you know. So, uh, so, so that's why I'm asking her other types of questions so that you get to know Vanessa Bell Calloway uh, and uh, know more about her since she's one of your favorite actresses. So, um, what do you? There, there are many actors who feel as though they haven't quite made it yet. They're struggling. Any advice you could uh, give them? Um, I mean, I think we all feel like that. I mean, you get the more you get, the more you want. You know, I don't. I I, I think that Meryl Streep probably has goals still. You never stop. You know, having goals or 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 wanting. You know, more or maybe you you didn't win that Academy Award that time, but you want another opportunity so you can win it this time. Maybe you've never been nominated. You know. I mean, I'd like to be, you know, nominated one day. I'd like to get a part that would uh, show my true talent. So I don't think you ever stop wanting. So they aren't by themselves. I would just say you got to keep going. 
you know, it's like he who stays in the game and, and keeps plugging away gets the rewards, <laughs> you know, you, and it's okay to feel like you've never, you're, you're not totally accomplished because the moment you feel like you've done everything, then I guess there's no reason to get up and keep doing it, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would just say to anybody, just keep plugging away. And if you love it, just find a new way to do it. Find a new avenue to take, find something new to do. You know, we always have to reinvent ourselves all the time. I mean, you can never just sit back and your laurels and what you're doing now. It's like, what am I going to do next week, next year, five years from now? What will I be doing? And just try to project and yourself into the future and see it. I think visualization is very important. Most of the things that have happened to me is because I prayed on it and I've seen it. I visualized it. You know, prayer is powerful and prayer works. And, you know, you live the life that you feel should be honored. God will honor you. Mm-hmm. And you just got to stay faithful, prayerful, and and just keep working and keep plugging away. So it, it's no, I mean, it's no quick fix. And it's 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 not like a one line. It's like, do this and that'll happen. Or, you know, it's, it's just what it is. And it's what you, you, what you put into it is what you get out of it. It's really just that simple. Do you have... Any regrets? Anything that um, you had to 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 give up to become the Vanessa Bell Callaway that you are now? No, I didn't give up anything. No, I didn't give up my integrity, or you know, no. Um, and if and if there's anything that I didn't do, I, I don't remember it. I don't live in regrets. <laughs> you know, I do stuff and I move on. Mm-hmm. It's like. Mm-hmm. Whatever happened yesterday, that was yesterday. I, I try not to let it interfere with today. I mean, even when you're on set, even when you're on stage, you mess up a line, you can't go like, oh my God, I messed up the line. And then live in that moment for the rest of the scene. You got to go, oh, sh- let's keep going. And then forgive yourself. You always have to forgive yourself for, for mishaps. Okay, I wasn't the best I could have been. I didn't do this well, so I'm going to forgive myself and then know that tomorrow is a new day and I have a whole new opportunity to do better and be better. Well, now and sometimes, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead, continue. No, no, I'm just saying that's what I do. So sometimes when that does happen live like that on stage, uh, it throws off the other actor, doesn't it? Not necessarily, uh, it just depends how bad it is. Sometimes it can, and sometimes it can be in your own dialogue. Mm-hmm. So it's your own thing and you can recover and give them the line they need to come in. And yes, yeah, sometimes it can happen that you mess up and you messed up and you messed you could have messed them up, but that's why good actors listen to each other. And when you're really connected, you save each other if you have to. You know, you jump in and you fix it or you, you know, it, it just it's, it's varies. But that's why live theater is so interesting because it's live and anything can go, anything can happen. So you always have to be very present and you have to listen and you have to react for real. Yeah. You know, you can't zone out. You got to be connected to the people that you're on stage with because anything can happen because it's live. <laughs> Why did you uh, give up your uh, radio show? Oh, yeah, I, I did. a I had a radio show called That's So Very Vanessa. And once again, that was about man, I mean, time flies. I'm telling you, my God, that might have been almost 10 years ago now. Um, and I loved it, too. But, you know, when you have uh, like you have a set time that you have to do your show, right? Right. right. And that just, mine was at Sunday at three o'clock because it was hard for me to do, to commit to a weekday because, mm-hmm. you know, the work and, and meetings and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I had one person, my, my soror, my Lanny, she would help me. She would make my flyers and sometimes she would help me. But I had to start pre-recording a lot because I was either traveling or it just got difficult you know, cause I was a one man band, so to speak. And it was just very difficult to keep up. I did a hundred episodes, but it was just very dif- difficult to keep it up because of my schedule. Basically that's it. So after a hundred episodes, I just kind of decided that was good. What and does... I, believe, I can't believe that I did a hundred episodes cause I did it for a couple of years. Well, you know, usually in television when, when, uh, 
when you do 100 episodes, uh, the residuals start running and uh, start. Yeah, uh, no residuals on this. This was all. <laughs> <laughs> all me on the Internet doing my own thing. <laughs> uh, gee, well, you know. Um, but, uh, but but people can hear it. You can go to my, um, you go to uh, in the company of TV, and um, that's that pops up, too. You know, that's oh, a very okay. Vanessa. So you can you can hear it. That's great people that I interviewed. Yeah, it was really, yeah. So, so tell us some of the folks that uh, you did interview. Oh, God, you tried my memory. You trying to get my memory going now. But, but I mean, you had celebrities and. In, in, in... Oh, yeah, celebrities. I had all kinds of people. Yeah. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, it's just it was just a scheduling thing for me. It was just a scheduling. But if I if I could go back and do it, I probably would maybe now. But it's just it's just out of time in the day. You know, and there's so many other things that I, I need and want to do need to need to finish. So mm. I was just going to ask you that. What what projects do you have in the pipeline? I need now? to finish my book. I need to finish my book that I've been working on for quite some time. So that you have a title for the book. No. No, I've got over 100 pages written, but I just got to keep going. That's right. that. Now, that's that's where I procrastinated. Nobody's fault but mine. No, I can't blame anything because I have had the time. But, mm -hmm. you know, you just writing is very difficult. I, I applaud writers because you get up and you they have a schedule and every morning or whatever their their schedule is, you know, their formula. They, some people work at night. Some people get up early in the morning and do it. You know, they have their, their regimen. And that is the hardest thing is getting that regimen when you have so many other things going on. But okay. I. I I started on a book with a wonderful writer, Troy Lewis, uh, who's got a book out called, um, oh, shucks, forgive me, I can't remember the name of the book right now, but uh, we started writing and uh, I got caught up with building uh, Harlem America, and so we put the project down, but uh, we've got to uh, get back to, so many people ask me, well, G. Keith, when you're writing your book, or you need to write a book, or wow, that's a great story, you need to tell that so yeah, they're they're, you know, it it's takes hard. Time. Yeah, it takes it's, time. It's hard. I mean, I'm not professor. You know, it's hard for me because that's not. Although I do believe that I'm a good writer. You know, I like what I've written. I just gotta do more of it. So. So, Troy's book is called "Gas Money." That's oh. the name of the book about his oh. life. Yeah, I just wanted to give him a little. Yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't get to a title because I'm still telling the story and I've. And, the title will come. I'm not worried about the title. I was just like, how about finishing the book? Don't worry about the title. Get the book done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who cares about the title right now if you ain't got nothing in the pages? Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, you know, so this uh, time that uh, you've spent with us today is really wonderful. And I know you're going to be leaving me soon in a few minutes because you've got uh, an interview coming up with Tamara Hall. And... Um, that should be really a great interview. Like you say, you only get what uh, ten or twelve minutes to get five minutes to get everything out that you want right. to talk about. Right. Well, you've had a time now to kind of think about what you want to talk about, and so it should be an easy flow for you when you get there. But well, that was already predetermined. So, but thank you. We're good. Oh, good. Oh, good. 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 Yeah, good. that was already. Oh, do they do those type of shows? Do they send you a? Um, uh, sort of a a, a, pre a a sheet about what they want to talk about? No, well, they, they do a pre-interview with the producer. And then you talk about several things so that they can pluck from that the things they find are interesting for the show. I see, I see. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because well, you, we you can't just... just talk about one thing, you know, once you talk about that one thing, then, okay, you talked about that. What else can we segue into? And, and you know, so that's what the happens well, well we have our little pre-interview before we do this show uh yeah same thing exactly same thing yeah okay so, so, so you as the interviewer know what you want to touch on what you want to say so i'm going to um come and see the show next week i'll stop by is irene bringing you irene yes irene get okay. lady i lady irene gandy uh the she's God from, of new york honey that's right she she's been on the show as well and uh, she's a very interesting lady. I've known Irene for about 40 years or so. And uh, so it'll be very, very nice to uh, to see you. She's wonderful. The godmother of New, of New York, honey. Oh, yeah. In she's fact, 
she's been a publicist on Broadway. I, I think the only black publicist on Broadway for over 30 years. Yeah, and she's a producer on Pearly. Uh, right. Oh, she's, she's, she's produced on Pearly, too. She's one of the producers on Pearly, yes. Fantastic. She has producing credit, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. And and she's got, she's got a Tony. She's got two Tonys. Yeah. Lady Irene Gandhi, I certainly hope you are listening because we love you. <laughs> we love you, Irene. We're blowing you up, girl. That's right. That's right. So, all right. Well, I, I know you've got to run. Uh, and uh, this has been really great. And uh, we we love you. We love seeing you in all the, the performances and characters. And anytime you want to come back to Harlem, America, just let us know. I, uh, just one thing I got to ask you. What did you think of Harlem Week? Well, I was only there for five seconds, so I wish I could have stayed longer. I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't get a chance to think anything of it. Because literally, I was, we did that interview, and then we had to get back to work. So I wish I could have stayed, because I love a good street fe festival. <laughs> well, we'll be around next yeah. year, and you'll still be on Broadway next year. And uh, we'll I don't know if I'll be here, but uh, hopefully <laughs> probably will be. <laughs> so you have a, a great day and uh, a better one tomorrow and thank you so very very much and thank uh, you for the time i appreciate the interview and hello mm -hmm. to everybody out there and everybody at facebook thank you for the support and we'll see you soon all right take care take now. care bye-bye bye -bye. Mm -hmm. ladies and gentlemen thank you very very much for joining us on facebook as well as on what's hot harlem america with g keith alexander uh and you can tell your friends that they can catch the replay of this on Voice America and on Harlem America. So uh, <clears throat> it's been fun. Now, don't forget to download our app for your TV, and you can also download the app on your phone. Thank you. We'll be in touch again next Friday. Join us at 1 p.m. Eastern on What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. I want to say goodbye to Andrew, Aaron, uh, and all the folks at uh, Voice America. Have a great day and a better one tomorrow. You too, Rachel. Thanks for listening to What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander. We'll be back next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. in New York on the Voice America Variety Channel and the Harlem America Digital Network. Thank you for listening.